I'm Karen Nelson, and you're listening to Becoming You Again, episode number 103. Welcome to Becoming You Again, the podcast to help with your mental and emotional well-being during and after divorce. This is where you learn to overcome the trauma of your divorce by reconnecting with yourself, creating lasting emotional resilience, and living a truly independent life so your life will be even better than when you were married. I'm your host, Karen Nelson. Welcome back. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? I am so good. Things are going well. I have been working on myself and healing myself, just as so many of you I know are doing as well. And I'm starting to recognize that layers are being uncovered and are being healed from And I am opening up space inside myself for those layers to be seen and heard and recognized. And sometimes it's scary and sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's sad and sometimes it feels hard and sometimes I feel angry about it. But overall, after I work through all of those things and allow for all of those things, I am noticing a difference in myself. I am noticing a sturdiness in myself and a strength in myself that was kind of missing before. And it's kind of wild to watch this growth within me. And it feels, like I said, really good. And I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited to be doing this podcast, specifically this one, because I haven't done a podcast on the topic of self-love since the very beginning of my podcast. And the podcast just reached its one-year anniversary the other day, like I think two or three days ago. So first of all, yay, that is so cool, right? But My last podcast where I talk specifically about learning to love yourself was in episode number six. That was so long ago. I'm pretty sure it was when I first laid out my podcast episodes. I recorded like the first six all at once, like one right after the other, kind of on the same day or maybe the same two days. And then I just released them, you know, consecutively each week for the first six weeks. So this was one of the very first podcasts that I even recorded. And now we're on episode number 103. What? Like, first of all, that's awesome. Can we just take a minute and like, let me celebrate how cool that is. But also, I decided that maybe it would be a good time to revisit this topic and give you kind of an updated version of self-love. And that is why I'm calling it Self-Love 2.0. I like the title 2.0 because it feels like a progression. It feels like there's more information. It feels it's like it's up-leveled, and I really like that. So let's talk about it. There are many things that make up our ability to love ourselves. And listen, you can call this whatever is resonant with you. I know for some, self-love doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel good. It feels very far away. It feels very out of reach. So please feel free to insert whatever set of words feels inspiring or good to you. Self-like, self-acceptance, self-esteem, self-appreciation, self-confidence. They all kind of 
revolve around the same meaning, which is basically, it's like this attitude toward yourself and how you think and feel about yourself. But back to what I was saying before that, there are many things that make up and create the attitude that we hold toward ourselves. It can be the family you were raised in, where you were raised, the religion you were raised in, the religious leaders who taught you or who you were around a lot. I know in my personal religion that I was raised in, we had, you know, church every Sunday. And then we also had like weekly midweek activities as youth. So like between the ages of like 12 and 17, you would go to church on Sunday, meet with your religious leaders in your classes for a couple of hours that day. And then during the week, you'd have like a one to two hour activity night where you'd go and either learn something religious or go do a fun activity or something. And you had specific leaders who you were with. So that can also make up and create the attitude that you hold toward yourself. Other things that can go into this can be society in general social media, especially in today's world. But obviously this is nothing new because we've always had magazines. We've always had movies, television. I mean, not always, but those things have been around for a very, very long time. And there are so many other things, culture and neighbors and like so many things go into morph around what it is that actually creates how we think and feel about ourselves, the attitude that we hold toward ourselves. I just finished reading an incredible fiction book. It is called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And first of all, let me just give a shout out to this book. It is so, so freaking good. If you have not read it, I 100% think that every woman in this world today needs to read this book. But (laughs) I digress. This book talks a lot about the socialization of women. And the thing that's really amazing and that I really love about fiction is even though it's not true in the sense that the story is made up, it's still made up of facts. And I think it was Cassandra Clare. She is another author who said, fiction is true, even if it's not fact. And in my opinion, I think that we learn things more easily and become aware of things like socialization, patriarchy, sexism, injustice, so many things in that arena when it is presented to us in a fictional situation. And so, again, This was a total different tangent that I wasn't planning on going on, but let's get back to the point. And the point is, there are many things that make up our attitude about how we feel about ourselves, about how we look at ourselves, about how we think about ourselves, and our self-love, and our self-confidence. And this is important to know, because even if you had the most amazing, incredible childhood, where everything was given to you. Your parents were loving and they were together the whole time and they loved you and they supported you and they let you be who you wanted to be and they taught you all of the most amazing things and they provided for you and they kept you safe and all of the things, right? Even if you had this, what one could consider a perfect childhood, you still can end up struggling with a negatively skewed attitude toward yourself, leaving you feeling 
self-loathing, and self-hatred because of so many of these outside influences that occur in every single one of our lives. And I think that's really important to know. And I also think that it's vastly underestimated how much socialization and our culture influences that part of us. And of course, I'm speaking specifically of American culture, mostly because that's where I live. It's where I was raised. It is my lived experience. There is so much of that socialization that plays into how we as women come to think of ourselves and see ourselves. And it's really important to understand this when it comes to learning to love yourself. And I will tell you why in this podcast as we kind of move through it. So in this Western American culture, women are taught that their value comes from what other people think of them and how useful they are to others. And there is a term for this, and it was termed by, I believe, Amelia and Emily Nagoski in their book, Burnout. I'm pretty sure they came up with this term. It could have come from somewhere else, but from what I'm remembering about this amazing book that I also love, I believe they termed this human giver syndrome. And a coach of mine described it in this way, which really made sense to me. Men, in general, are socialized to see themselves as the star of the show, the leading actor, if you will. They are a full person who is important and matters just because they exist, whereas women are socialized to see themselves as the supporting actor, not the main actor, the supporting role. Their value doesn't come from just automatically being important or existing, but rather from being useful in some way. So a woman I was coaching recently was struggling with exactly this idea. She said she didn't feel needed and that she felt useless not being able to help her husband or being able to provide for him or serve him in some way where she was able to take care of his needs. And she was really struggling with this. And she kept taking it to him and saying, I really, I need to do something for you. Let me help you in some way. How can I help you? What can I do for you? I feel useless when I don't get to serve you in some way. And he was like, it's fine. Everything's fine. You don't need to do anything. Just like relax. We're, we're fine. I'm fine. It's all okay. And he's trying to reassure her, but because she had the socialization put upon her shoulders that she didn't even ask for of like, you're not worthy unless you are useful in some way. She's telling herself this story and feeling useless, feeling worthless because she felt like she couldn't serve him in some way. And because of that, she had no purpose, but this can also show up in many other ways. Women might find their usefulness in looking good, looking pretty, being able to have sex, making other people happy, keeping the house clean, making sure the kids are taken care of, etc., etc., etc. You fill in the blank for yourself, right? Women are socialized to believe that their value comes from helping and giving to others. And this value is decided by all of those other people outside of us. Like In the case of my client, she had this belief that if her husband found her useful and needed, then she could stop thinking of herself as useless, as worthless. But this can show up in so many other ways. Do other people find me attractive? Are other people finding me valuable as an object or a subject or as a service in some way? And if other people think of me this way, then I can start to believe that I am worthy to exist. And I want to just take a minute 
And I really want to normalize thinking about it in this way for you. Because if you have been feeling this way and you are beginning to see that you've been socialized to believe this about yourself, I want to normalize that it makes sense that you are struggling with loving yourself or struggling with appreciating yourself or struggling with finding your worth or struggling with feeling like you are worth more than you've been told. It makes perfect sense that you would struggle with that because of the way you've been raised, because of what you have been socialized around. So we're going to normalize it in that way. We're not going to normalize it in the way that like, oh, this is just normal and you should get, get used to it. Like, no, I am not saying we are normalizing it in that way. I am saying it is normal to struggle with your self-esteem, with your self-confidence, with your self-love because of all of this socialization, okay? And so how does this show up in your thoughts? And the most common way that it shows up is in thoughts of, I'm not good enough. I'm not normal. I don't fit in here. There's something wrong with me. I'm doing it wrong. I never do it right. I've ruined everything. How many times have you thought one of those thoughts? How many times does it come up throughout your day? Think about that. My guess is very often for most of us myself included. These are ways that our brain is trying to cope with the idea that our worth is dependent on what other people think of us. And we ask ourselves questions in kind of a roundabout way, like, do other people find me attractive? Do other people want to have sex with me? Have I been taking care of my family and my kids good enough today to be allowed to exist or to feel good? And what happens is we end up caring more about what other people think about us than what we think about us. And this is truly where the struggle with learning to love yourself more and learning to accept yourself more or having a greater self-esteem comes in because we don't really know how to think about ourselves if we're not basing it on what other people are thinking about us. This socialization creates a relationship with yourself where you don't trust yourself. You don't know how to be your own best friend. You don't know how to stand up for yourself. You don't know how to set boundaries. You don't know how to advocate for yourself or speak up or take space or have your own back in any way because you're looking to the outside to decide for you if it's okay for you to do that. And so what does this look like in terms of living your life? This looks like feeling guilty for resting or taking a break. This looks like feeling guilty for doing something that you enjoy. This looks like feeling guilty for getting sick. Yes, I said that, for getting sick. I know there are many women, I've seen this over and over with my clients, with women who feel bad about getting sick And not being able to be there to take care of their family or keep the house clean or work or make dinner or whatever it is, right? Because they're sick. This looks like doing other people's work for them. Doing your kids homework. Trying to make everybody feel happy and feel good. Even if it means that you feel crappy and shitty all the time. This looks like working really hard and getting paid less and not standing up for yourself. This looks like putting your own wants, your own needs, your own desires last, always. 
This looks like not speaking up for yourself. This looks like people pleasing. This looks like selling yourself short so that you can get that outside approval that you're looking for. And let's just like, can we just be real about this socialization for just one minute? This socialization of women and what it is doing to us and how it is keeping us down and keeping us from feeling confident and loving ourselves and showing up as our best self is fucked up. Okay. It is 100% fucked up and it has been going on for far too long. Don't get me wrong here. Things are slowly changing when it comes to this socialization and in treating women as less of the supporting actor and more as a, as a leading role, but we're not there yet. Right. And we can't wait around for the world to change for us. We have to take action and make the changes in ourselves in order for the world to take notice and begin to change around us, begin to change for us. I love, love, you guys know I love Taylor Swift, right? I love, love, love some of the lyrics of Taylor Swift's song, Vigilante Shit, where she says, ladies always rise above, ladies know what people want, someone sweet and kind and fun, the lady simply had enough. Oh man, I could just sing it right now. I love it so much. But ladies, you may decide that you've had enough. And if that happens, then stepping into a relationship of self-love, of self-acceptance, self-like, self-appreciation, self-confidence, whatever you want to call it, it is here. It is waiting for you. How do we start creating that change for ourselves? We start by realizing that this relationship with yourself has nothing to do with anyone else. It is not a destination that we arrive at. There's no perfect picture of what this looks like. And then you just arrive there and now you've made it to self-acceptance. Yay, hooray. Like it's not like that. It's the relationship that you have with yourself over time, over your lifetime, from the moment you're born until you die. And it can look like so many different ways. And you can start to create a different attitude and relationship with yourself in just the simplest way. And it can look like starting to practice not being so judgmental of yourself. It can look like starting to picture what you would say to your best friend in a situation that she was struggling in. And you say that to yourself instead of the same old bullshit that you would usually say to yourself. But here's what I really want you to know. The real, true, most basic thing that will make the biggest impact when it comes to breaking down the socialization that you've endured and in learning to accept yourself will be in accepting the idea that you are worthy, lovable, and valuable exactly as you are. It's in accepting this idea that you are a main player a leading actor or actress, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever word you want to use. You are allowed to exist without being useful to anyone else. You are allowed to exist without helping anyone else. You are allowed to exist without giving of yourself first, without accomplishing anything in particular, without giving birth and having kids or anything else. And accepting this idea doesn't mean that you may not choose to or want to do any of those things. 
But here's the key. Your worth cannot and does not depend on it. Your worth is inherent. And if this idea feels uncomfortable to you, I want you to just try and sit with this idea and see if you can start to warm to this concept. Because you can think about it in this way. This is another thing that one of my coaches talks about when it comes to worth. And I, again, I really like it. It's kind of worth being this idea. It's a human construct. It's something that we've made up, right? It, it doesn't come from something. It's an idea that we have as humans. And you can think about it in this way of like, everybody has it or nobody has it. But either way, you get to decide. And so it's much more fun to decide that everyone has it than if nobody has it. I believe, and it helps me to create a better relationship with myself when I believe that everyone has worth and it, and it is with them the moment they are born and it is always 100%. And when you can wrap your head around that idea, if that idea is resonant with you in any way, I promise you that that is the key to being able to create a better, more loving, more confident, more self-accepting relationship with you. Once you begin to accept this concept, then you can start to focus more on the thoughts that you think about yourself and the way you talk to yourself. You can start to be more self-compassionate and kind and loving to yourself. And this can look like even just starting with respecting yourself more. This can look like figuring out what you would say to your best friend and then telling yourself those things. This can look like how I started when I was learning to love myself, which was telling myself five things that I loved, liked, and appreciated about myself every day. This can look like making a list of 100 things that you love about yourself and then just building on that list every day, writing down one thing every day or once a week or whatever it is, right? This can look like so many different ways to start building that relationship with you, strengthening that relationship with you. Listen, you can go through this life constantly being mean to yourself, judging and critiquing everything you do, And then waiting for or hoping for someone on the outside to see you as you so desperately want to be seen and accept you for who you are. Or you can go through this life with a best friend in yourself, speaking kindly and encouraging yourself, loving yourself and showing up for you and having your own back in every situation, whatever that looks like. You may not get to choose who raised you or where you grew up or what has been ingrained in you from socialization, but you always get to choose how you want to think about yourself and treat yourself. You are allowed to exist just because. You are worthy just by being born. You are valuable just because you are here. Open yourself up to believing that and accepting that, and then do the work to create an attitude of love and acceptance for yourself. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here. I will talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on the podcast and you're ready to create lasting change and results in your life, then you need to be working one-on-one with Karen as your divorce coach. This is where we take everything you're learning in the podcast and 10 exit with implementation and weekly coaching, where you start to see change in yourself and your life immediately. 
To find out more about how to work exclusively with Karen, go to www.karennelsoncoaching.com. That's www.karennelsoncoaching.com. Thanks for listening. If this podcast agreed with you in any way, please take a minute to follow and give it a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more details about how I can help you live an even better life than when you were married, make sure and check out the full show notes by clicking the link in the description.